The Dark Lord is being hacked. Details of the Activision Bungie deal come to light. And do games really need to be fun? All that, plus more, on today's MASHCAST. Another edition of the Mash Those Buttons Mashcast. I'm Jarrett, and I'm here with senior editor Rob Hill Williams. Hello, everyone. We missed you. Yes, and also here with uh, contributor and podcast host Nick Zelenkevich. Hi. <laughs> and also here with uh, another contributor and podcast host Mikey Kenny. Oh, did you say my name? I was playing Diablo Three. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I said your name. Well yes. played, Mr. Kenny. Yeah, yeah, good job. <laughs> at least he was like not like I felt weird doing the intro. It's been a little bit. Yeah. At least he was distracted. Two <laughs> weeks of unscheduled nothingness. <laughs> I apologize for that, but uh, I guess you could say that, that that was that was season one of the Mash Cast. Now, now we're starting season two of the Mash Cast right here. So and our seasons are long. <laughs> 52, yeah, you know, 52 episodes, yeah. that's fair, yeah. right? That's about right, about right. Yeah, season two of the MASHCast, everybody who listens to season one, you guys are vets now, you know, so take that. <laughs> you know, take... You know, f- 52 episodes, I think we're allowed one or two weeks off here or there. I think so. Yeah. We, we work hard, we pay our taxes, you know, it's all good. That's right. That's we do. Right. Some of us just started work. So, yeah. God bless America. <laughs> God bless America. All right, so let's get into it. Let's. Uh, what have you guys been playing, Rob? You're up first. Um, played. Uh, start off actually. Well, since we're being reasonable about this, I'm only going to go on basically like the past week. But uh, I played Resident of Fate. It's a PS3 game, like a Japanese, you know, RPG. But it's it's different. It's it's almost set up like a Hong Kong like action movie as far as like when you're actually in combat. Like it's not. It, it it's not uh, like fully like a it's still turn-based in a way but you can like do hero actions and, and everybody dives around and they're shooting at each other and it's all guns so it's just it's just different basically um but it's it's a little bit odd like the combat system was really weird in that it's game. it's it's not even that it's really weird or bad it's just hard to get into like you have to absorb a lot of stuff in order to like get the combat system um and once you get past that point then it's okay um, but there's nothing that really happens in the story for a bit. Like it's more just like the character interactions are kind of like interesting, but like there's not like a whole lot to like necessarily keep you in it. Um, so I kind of got bored and then started playing Tales of Vesperia because I remembered I had that and hadn't played it for 360. And I fucking love that game. It's it's, it's great. It's like Tales. Yeah, like. it's Tales. I mean, like it's it's just a good game. But like I, it's it's excellent. Um, outside of that, I'm falling in love with Super Monday Night Combat like official and fucking game is so great and like so many ways and the ways that it's actually great 
goes even just beyond the, the the actual gameplay and combat and stuff, like which is good. Um, but the world that they create, and you only ever get to see any of it through the commentary. Like the commentary in Super Monday Night Combat is better than pretty much any sports game that's out in the market. Like mm. it's it's funny. It's it actually like informs you about stuff that's actually happening on the field and stuff like that without being boring. Uh, and it's it's just good. It's just really good, uh, and really really hilarious. And they keep updating it. Like I, I every time I play, pretty much like there's new commentary, like that I didn't hear about before or didn't hear before because it's it's just totally brand new because they keep adding things. So it's a pretty excellent game. Um, I haven't played any of the big ones and the games that everybody else has been you know playing in the last week or two. So I've just been playing a lot of other random stuff. I've played Deus Ex Human Revolution on PC finally, and I've actually gotten further in that game in like a week than I got, got into it having it for up until now from the release date on console. Because the whole first person thing, I've become such a snob, I guess. Dude, I haven't even installed Deus Ex on Steam yet. You own well, it. Though? You have a lot of games that yeah. you need to play, so <laughs> yeah. it's kind of an exception. I got it because I was like, "Oh, it's like five bucks." And <laughs> why well, only five bucks? It was. I don't yeah. know if it still is. It was like an Amazon sale. I only oh, pre-ordered okay. it so I can get the items for TF2. Oh, I never oh installed God. it. I never installed that. I got to play it, but Rob is right. I have a bunch of shit that <sighs> lots of shit to play. <laughs> But yeah, it, but it's an excellent game though. I, 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 I do see why it wasn't. It, it's a shame they outsourced those boss fights to like another studio to do those because like the boss fights are the only thing wrong with that game. Like otherwise, I'm like this is a really, really good game. And then you get to a boss fight and you're like, it did. It doesn't matter what the fuck I chose to do because unless you went like hardcore like you know, action first person shooter mode with like super tanking up like on your defense and stuff like that. You you can't do a boss fight straight up, like and that's the only way to really do them. There's no like other methods for taking down a boss as there are for everything else in the game. You have to kill bosses and stuff. So kind of weird, but otherwise the game is really good. So that that's I think that's enough. That's enough stuff. Somebody else talk. <laughs> what is, what are you even playing, Nick? Um Unlike Mikey, I've actually been able to pull myself away from Diablo 3 to record this. So, um, But otherwise, I, I really haven't been able to pull myself away from it for much else. So that's what I've been playing. Okay. See, now you made me feel like I'm going to ever. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, no it's, a, it's a good game, but I think we all know that. Yeah. yeah. Have you had any issues with the, uh, the always-on stuff? Um, once I real well, I, I kept getting booted uh, until I realized I couldn't run Steam and play it at the same time. Um, I, since then, it's been been pretty consistent. I mean, so, I, and, and, hmm? I ran it fine with Steam for a while. I mean, I chose not to anymore because I think I realized like this is stupid. Why do I want to like go into Steam just to just to produce a uh, another launcher? And I'm like, I'll just do because it. you want, want people to know playing Diablo. So the everybody, every, everybody that I want to know knows my real ID, and they're playing with me anyway. Yeah. Well, for yeah. me, I put every game in the Steam because yep. that's my pr- that's like my primary that's messaging. The hub. Yeah, that's my hub for. Well, that's not my primary messaging. That's like my hub for like PC gaming. It's like that way. Like even if I'm playing something like Tribes or something like that, which I also was playing by the way. Um, <laughs> but uh, if anybody sees it, then it's like even if it's not a Steam game, it's like 
they come jump on and we can play. I don't know. Okay. It's just my it's my gaming hub. I mean, it makes sense. I just I might start doing it again, but I was just like for a while. I was like, why am I launching a launcher for a launcher? <laughs> because doesn't you see the don't you see the sense in the words you just said? <laughs> <laughs> so, my, Mikey, all you've been playing is Diablo three as well, huh? Um, I played a lot of Diablo three when it first came out. This I've been like we did from Friday, Saturday, Sunday last week. We literally did nothing but play Diablo three. So like the past couple of days, I've been taking a break. Uh, I've picked up League of Legends again for this week uh, because they updated some graphic issues, um, some graphical quality. They updated the HUD. Um, they upgraded the. They updated the model of one of my favorite characters that I actually play and have a lot of costumes for. So I kind of played just to see what they all looked like. Uh, they released a new champion this week. So I kind of went back to play that just to see like what they updated. Because they update that game like a lot. So it's always nice to go back and see that there's like, oh, cool, there's something new. Gotcha. So, League of Legends and Diablo 3. Okay. Um, so in the last few weeks, I had played more Blacklight Retribu- uh, Retribution. That's primarily for this editorial I'm working on. I'm actually going to be leaving it behind once this editorial is actually out, hopefully sometime uh, next week. Uh, because, I mean, it's fun and all, but the cost to play is too high. The rent's too damn high. <laughs> you know, it's just, no, too much money for what you would need to, to you know, to, to have fun. Well, not necessarily have fun playing, but, you know, if a player comes in and they dropped the cash to get some of these other weapons or to build these custom weapons, like it is very clear who they are. And the thing is, once you take that weapon away from them, you kill them. Like, you know, if I, if I killed, managed to kill them and I get their weapon and I'm able to use it too, my KD ratio goes up like four to one, five to one, six to one. And that's insane for the type of shooter it is. It's not like a tactical shooter. It's like a futuristic Call of Duty with better shooting mechanics. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's a bit much. Uh, Ghost Recon Online, which I just can't wait for that game to go public and for them to fix a few more issues. I absolutely love it. I'm curious. Right now, you can't spend money in the game. I'm curious to see how that's going to balance out. I'll play more Tribes Ascend, um, which I found that if you drop a little cash, like you don't even have to drop a whole lot of cash. You could pay anything. And it actually starts to balance out a bit better because of the VIP. Like, once you pay for anything in the game, you get the VIP uh, um, label. um, Rob, when you played, did you buy anything? For which one? Tribes? Tribes, yeah. Oh, no. No, I bought everything with credit so far. Okay. Yeah, so basically what I did was, because the editorial I'm doing is on the cost of free-to-play. Uh, so I, I, you know, I, I think I've talked about it before how like, you know, a lot of the guns and tri- not a lot, but actually there are quite a few guns and tribes that cost like $10 for one weapon. Um, and how much, um, how much XP you actually have to build up to buy other weapons and do upgrades and stuff like that. Uh, once you buy and get VIP, like you buy, let's say I, I bought like, um, $20 in gold. Okay. Uh, so, or gold credits or whatever the, the, the currency is like. But, you know, once you do that, you start getting 50% more XP on top of the XP that you, that you, that you get in a game. 
which actually, you know, you level up faster, you get more XP, it actually balances out a bit better. But another thing that they did that other free-to-plays really aren't doing, and games, especially like Blacklight, need to do this, the bundle packs. Like, the bun... I, 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 I play Raider a lot, so I, um... You know, bought the weapon bundle pack for like ten bucks, and the weapon bundle pack is half the cost of what I would pay to buy all those guns separately. Actually, not even to mention the grenades and stuff like that that you get with it. So it's a bit more balanced. Like I totally understand that free to play is not really free to play. Free to play is more like try before you buy. You know what I'm saying? If right. You, if you do manage to make it free to play, you have spent a lot of time in that game. But in a game like Tribes, like you can't even um like you have to use XP to to get upgrades. So, you know, you may you may you're you're more inclined to actually buy stuff. And I have no problem spending money in these games as long as I'm feel as long as I feel like I'm getting my money's worth out of it. You know what I'm saying? I, I think oh, it's pretty yeah. fair. No, oh, yeah. definitely. Like, I've already spent money in Super Monday Night Combat. Like when it was yeah. still a beta, I spent money on it. Like it's it was good enough that I was yeah. like, it's great. And the, they do the bundle things too, where you get, you know, you can get like eight of the, the play, you know, the pros or whatever to use at like, a, like a third of the cost of whatever, you know, normally would be. Yeah. So I mean, like, yeah. it just for, for something you already like, it's like, Oh fuck, why not? It was exactly. kind of like DC universe. <laughs> yeah. I, I still have my gripes about some of the stuff in tribes. Like they have a $10 gun that does not come in a, in a bundle pack. It's just $10 for the sniper. Where you don't have to zoom in to shoot, dude. When I oh, got the phase that rifle, yeah. yeah, it's it's you can just no scope it. And, when yeah, it's I got bad. that gun, I was fucking up people's days. I, I really was like they were upset at me. You know, like it, yeah. it, they they have started doing a thing where now there's like um, and it's specific to each person too. Like it's not the same for every person. Where you get like there's a, a special deal of the day on something and like it's a reduced cost for it that day. They don't have any bundles, but like they've been doing that now and it rotates like every like day or two. Yeah. Um, and, and every person can get one cause I have a group of friends that plays and like we went in and we're like, Oh man, I got, you know, they, they want to give me this launcher for, you know, a third, you know, 30% off or whatever. And somebody else is like, I've got this other, I've got like, you know, uh, an outfit or something, you know, like everybody's stuff is different. So it's interesting. Yeah. So it's not like you see everybody with a phase rifle one week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, phase rifles must have been on sale this week. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it, it definitely, I, I do have my gripes with it because to for me, like, I calculated it, and to get my full experience, it's going to definitely cost me more than 60 bucks to get the experience. I deserve, I think I deserve $460, but that's going to be in the editorial. <laughs> right. But uh, other than that, I did play El Shaddai. I bought that game like I think like two months ago on Amazon because it was like oh, twenty bucks. I wanted to play that so bad. That was I. That's on my list of. That's like on my list of games to play. I I like it. I'm definitely glad I didn't pay full price for it because like for the first let's say hour, two hours into that game, I really felt like, what the fuck am I doing here? You know, oh yeah. And I was getting ready to say I can see why some people were mad playing it, uh, but once you get to a certain point uh, and you start fighting the enemies, it's actually very. I think I I I I am enjoying it. There is only one button to attack, but instead of ha- like you still can do combos, and they're basically based on how you time your attack. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. The one thing I don't, I guess I shouldn't say I don't understand, but I, I cannot, I, I guess I understand it because it, it does have like religious overtones. 
uh, you know, there was some uh, uh, a small bit of controversy about the game because of its involvement, not involvement with the Bible, but you know what you know what what's taken from the Bible and its religious overtones and stuff like that. Uh, so I, 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 people are gonna get mad about it regardless. But to be perfectly honest with you, it doesn't take itself seriously at all. It's more like Bible fan fiction. If that yeah. makes any sense. Like no, they, no, it does, because yeah. it's like Lucifer's wearing, like, you know, designer jeans suits. and talking and to God yeah. on a cell phone. Yeah. It's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, also, when your armor breaks off, you're a guy, a shirtless guy, and, like, you know, well, yeah, you Just run around jeans. in jeans with a sword or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. Yeah. Basically, all they did was they took a bunch of names from the Bible, and then they took different parts of different accounts and, like, mashed it together. Like I don't care about the story. I really yep. don't. It's the, it's the game itself that's actually fun to play. So, and it's, usually I'm, I'm really big on story. Really couldn't care less what happens <laughs> in terms of of the story. It's just a, a, a it's a decent fun game to play. I'll let you borrow it. Well, Rob, Mikey, you're in Texas, so that's just not gonna work out. Well, uh-huh. I call I call shenanigans on the uh, whatever. <laughs> it's called the snail mail. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, but other than that, I did play and review Starhawk, which I had a great time with. Um, w- one of my biggest gripes is- about that game is the fucking how it looks. Like, uh, it's 720p, and it could have looked so much better if they would have just made it 1080p. But I don't know. And the thing is, like, usually the 720p games on the PS3 play at 60 frames per second, but this one didn't. So I'm like, just make it 1080p, dude. Make it 1080p. Uh, but that that game was good. Had a good time. Uh, enjoyed it. Um, Max Payne three. I just got done reviewing that game. I fucking love that game. I love Max Payne three. Like, it is an incredible game, and it just like it pushes like the game tech in so many ways. It pushes it forward, like the movement. I, I can't. When I was writing a review, I was just trying to think like, how can I actually express how realistic the movement is, you know, or how much it actually affects gameplay. And but the review was long. The review was two pages long. And I, as I'm reading it, you know, after the fact, I'm like, oh, I didn't mention this. I didn't mention that. There's a couple things that extra things that I actually could have mentioned, and it would have been longer. But like, it was just, it was, it's an incredible experience because of the way the movement works. Um, the fi- the movement and the physics, the way they work together, and how detailed they are, the 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 the, the bullet damage to bodies is incredible. Like seriously, I might take a video and show me doing some kills on people, so you can see like how like how like visceral it is. Like when you shoot somebody in the face and it hits them in the nose, or you shoot somebody through their eye socket, or how the bullet wounds, like the entrance and exit wounds, they match up with each other. And all that stuff. Uh, the voice acting is incredible. The uh, the story is really good. It's my favorite of the series so far. Um, because you know, a big part about Max Payne has always been the story. Because other than that, it's just a it's just a shoot 'em up. It's just a shoot 'em up game, you know. Uh, and so the story is always is always a, a big part of it. And they did an excellent excellent job with the story with everything. I wanted to give it a five out of five, but because the there there are these uh, segments where the cutscenes cut in and out too much, and that really breaks up the gameplay. It could be kind of frustrating, so I couldn't give it a perfect score. Um, I just started playing Ghost Recon Future Soldier. 
And I kind of feel bad for it because I just got done playing Max Payne. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a lot of like, there's a lot that has to live up to, but there's no, I can't believe that Ubisoft treated this game like it was a AAA title. It really didn't. Like just when we, when you when you start it up, and you look at the way it looks, just just the way the game looks when you're playing it, it it looks like it's like a, a maybe a double A, maybe. Like it looks very like a, it's very bland. Uh, you know how, um, like I'm not sure if you've seen any gameplay videos of it, but the uh, like there's those circles that are around the gun. They're supposed to be like you know virtual UI um, circles. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like it has yeah. like information on it, like uh, bullets, uh, not like like ammo and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, it just looks really cheap. You know, like when they're moving the guns around, it doesn't really look all that great. Like the foliage is very flat. And I'm playing, I'm playing on the Xbox 360 at 1080, at 1080, you know, P supposedly. Um, it looks very dry. Um, the voice acting is kind of very dull. The character models look very dull. Like one of the, I got, I was watching one of the, um, uh, he's not terrorist, but I guess one of the rebels uh, that was in his village. I was watching him walk, and his arm looked like a chewed up piece of jerky. Like it, it did. Like, and it was supposed to represent him being muscular. That was muscular. Yeah, that was mm. muscular. Huh. Yeah, it looked like a chewed up piece of jerky. Like, eh, it's just and, not. Go ahead. No, and and this is all not some sort of like this is what we imagine the future to be. Like the future is supposed to be kind of dull and and bleak and and people have dried meat for arms like this is just poor this artistic is, design this is poor artistic design which i'm very surprised because actually in my advanced warfighter looked better than this game advanced warfighter looked better than this game which uh, advanced warfighter came out what like 2006 2007 well advanced warfighter 2 sorry 2006 2007 i mean it doesn't even look as good as assassin's creed you know mm-hmm. That's a problem. That is a problem. So, I don't, I don't know. Like, the gameplay's not bad. Actually, the sound in the game is really, really good. Like, when you're having a firefight, it's very reminiscent of, like, Battlefield 3, if you've played that. You know, the, the, the weapon sounds are very authentic. Yeah. But other than, than that, like, the, the, the actual, like, you know, gunfights you find yourself in, it's not a bad game, per se, but so far, like, the aesthetics of it just aren't really grabbing me, so that review's gonna be out next week, and we'll see what happens, but I can already write, tell you right now, those those visuals aren't getting above a three. You know? Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, I think, I, I need a little time to get Max Payne out of my system. I can't even look at the box, <laughs> you know, while I play this game. Because I want to play Max Payne three right now, but um, Just do yeah. what I'm doing. I'm playing Diablo right now. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, that's gonna take care of what we've been playing, you know, for the last couple of weeks. But um, let's get into the topics. And uh, Mikey's playing Diablo three. Hopefully, he's not getting hacked in Diablo three. <laughs> <laughs> No. Segways. I know no. that everyone has missed those. I know that they have. <laughs> no. That's what we're going to. Such gonna... a good segue too. No. Thank uh. you very much. It, you know, it was brought to you, brought to us by you. So thank you for that. <laughs> I'm, doing a, I'm doing a bow. You can't see it, but just visualize it. And then... Gotcha. Thanks. 
<laughs> Alright, so um yeah, so Diablo three has been reporting uh well players of Diablo three have been reporting uh, you know, getting hacked, users logging in, getting their having their accounts stripped of gold and items. Actually on this Eurogamer um article, somebody, you know, well I, I guess uh, one of the um writers there got his account hacked and his friend was talking to him. And his and the friend was talking to the person who now was in control of the account, and they have a screenshot of it. But um, yeah. So basically, Blizzard. Uh, I did see if they put up some uh, uh, some pages on security, and they recommended that people use the authenticator. Unfortunately, it appears that the authenticator that people who are using the authenticator are still ha- are having the issue as well. Yes. So it's not that, you know, their logins are getting hacked. Um, what a lot of people are suspecting is that hackers are using session IDs to get in, which that would bypass the authentication servers. So at that point, there's no even point to resetting your password or anything like that. You're, you're just vulnerable when you're online. Pretty much. And you know what? This whole session ID thing, if it is session IDs, that really means that the problem is on the Blizzard servers. Yeah. Yep. You know, the problem is on the Blizzard server. Some people think it was an SQL injection attack, but I, I can't. Uh, that's like, if that, I can't imagine Blizzard allowing something like that to happen. That's too easy. That like is SQL injection. That's just way too easy. Yeah, like that, like that, something like that is really like, I'm not going to say amateurs, but that's one of the first things that you kind of secure against, especially like when you use an SQL. Uh, you know, whatever type of SQL you're losing, you're using. Um, mm-hmm. The thing is, Blizzard hasn't even acknowledged that these hacks are taking place, and they're not returning lost items. Basically, they're just rolling accounts back, which is not so great because that means you lose your progress. But how wouldn't? Well, I thought they were rolling accounts back to the point at which they were hacked. So, uh, well, it is. I but would think sometimes... that that's going to be most of the case. It probably works out okay, but I know that, especially with experience from other MMOs or things like that, where they do the same thing, that like sometimes they can't get it like the most recent version. So right. like they just roll it back to whatever they have. Sometimes that's a huge loss of you know whatever you did have. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's better than nothing, but it's well, still yeah. kind of shitty. But shouldn't yeah, that also include lost items? I mean, they're only rolling it back should, the progress, but... not the not the inventory. Well, usually if they roll back, like it's not like they like will just hand you back items. But if they roll it back to a point before you got an item, then you just okay, don't have so, it. But if you roll so it back and you had it already, then you're good. But so it's what is whatever it's backup is yeah. closest yeah. to when your account was hacked, and hopefully you didn't lose anything beyond that. Yeah. yeah nope. This really sucks. I mean, there's been a lot of problems with Diablo three. I, I was, mean, this is this is a big one though. Yeah, I mean, I was mm. considering you know even picking up Diablo. And now I really want to wait until they're done because, you know, I don't want the account to get hacked and then need me not be able to play StarCraft. That's my biggest concern. <laughs> <laughs> I really wouldn't care about my Diablo account. Like, oh, my God, I can't play StarCraft. But, you know, I, I wonder- don't want to deal with it when I don't have to, knowing that somebody's going to have it on sale. Something like it, It's kind of like the same thing with any, any other game right now is to wait, you know, until it's, until it's just not an issue anymore. It, yeah. As great as people say Diablo is, I... What am I going to lose out of it? <laughs> I'm still going to have friends that are going to be playing you're, when I get it anyway. You're, you're not going to be all the way advanced with all the best gear for when the real money auction house goes you're by. Because I'm well, never going is, to use it. 
thing is, you're gonna be that annoying guy that I have to carry through Act Three with a level one wizard. Look, real bros start another character. Real bros start another character and level with their friends. That's true. Not until I max. That's friends don't let friends level <laughs> alone. I have a side. I actually have a side character for that scenario, but. Oh, well, anyway, there you go. You're on. ready to be a bro then. Yeah, but. Fucking witch. Fist. Let's move on. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. You know, when I guess whenever Blizzard officially acknowledges that these accounts are being hacked and that they've patched it up. But um, until then, we just have to just have to wait and see what happens. But uh, moving on to our next topic, uh, we talked about it briefly before about the Tekken DLC or the. Um, Yes. Uh, Nam- yeah, Namco idea. saying that the Tekken Tag 2 DLC will be free. Well, they've officially announced the new characters or the DLC characters, which are uh, Kunimitsu. I said that right, correct, Mike? Kunimitsu, yeah. Yeah, all I right. So. Ancient Ogre, Michelle, and Angel. Ancient uh, Angel and Ancient Ogre look pretty fucking cool. Uh, yeah. But anyways. So, yeah, this is... um. This is good news. This is a great way to handle DLC. And uh, I'm not just saying that because it's free. <laughs> you know? Um, because, you know, I, I don't mind paying for DLC as long as I think it's fair and it's stuff that they didn't strip out of the game. But I think the, the advantage, like the advantage of having a free DLC for a publisher is that I think people will be more... Um, more likely to hold on to their discs and not trade them in if they know they have free DLC coming along. Yep. You know, I'll be the first to admit Tekken is not one of my favorite games in the entire world. Like, I'm not much of a Tekken fan. Like, my last good Tekken game for me was Tekken Tag on the PlayStation 2. And now this is making me almost kind of want to be like, you know what? I might just buy Tekken Tag Tournament 2. Yeah, I've actually never been a Tekken fan because it always felt too stiff for me. But again, I don't play fighting games at all. I, that's one of the genres where I'm just like, you can probably kick my ass in a fighting game. You know? Yeah. But I might get it just to have it and play against the computer, make myself feel good about myself, you know? Mm, then you step online and realize, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's I never never touch it. Never touch it. Never touch it. Especially in tag tournament, man. People, no, people are dirty in tag tournament. Oh, they tag tournament. Never yeah. think about. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but I like where this is going. Uh, oh, what's his name? I can't remember his name now. The dev- the creator, Arata. He yeah. went in, on and there was an article way back. I think we might have talked about it. He said, fighting game characters are like chess pieces. Could you imagine playing chess without your rook at the very beginning, or like something like that? Right. Yeah. You. You pretty. So much it's like, it. why? Why would you charge people to get the pieces that they need to play the game? And I kind of, I kind of like that aspect for it. That's not. That's because publishers are in survival mode and they're not really thinking clearly. Mm. I mean, they took something that could have been good, which is DLC. Like, I think DLC could be good. I think DLC can extend the life of a right. game like, especially right. like um when i was at pax i went to the panel for um fallout new vegas and they talked about how they rolled out their dlc and it was just awesome it definitely extended the life of the game it was all new content it wasn't stuff stripped out of the game you know yeah so some of the ideas that they had like they couldn't throw into the game at the time but they made it work during the dlc because they had the extra time so you know that's cool but then what publishers started doing is that 
they started taking stuff out of games and throwing it in DLC. And now, I mean, I'm getting press releases. I'm getting initial press releases of games, like game releases, like, hey, this game exists and we're making it, and here's the DLC that's coming out. You know? First press release for a game I've ever heard of, and they're telling me about DLC. You know? Crisis, yeah. I mean, like, when they did Crisis, yeah. it was all that. It was just... Yeah. Oh yeah. hey, oh yeah, the game is the, the game does exist. Here's here's a list of DLC and stuff that's coming with it. Exactly. Hey, well, guys, like, guys. Pro, pro, <laughs> is there a prototype? Oh yeah, it's... here, get the collector's edition and you can get all this DLC for free. Like are Was it prototype serious? one or two? Two, prototype two. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean like they took the and they you know, they just they're going to survival because they're trying to, you know, protect themselves against used games and, you know, pull extra revenue at the same time because of, you know, used games. But you know what, this like if I hope I really do hope this you know uh, work works out for you know Namco Bandai because if it does maybe it'll show other publishers like hey maybe if we do free DLC it'll stop people from trading stuff in I mean of course you're still gonna get people trading stuff in if they don't like it yep but if they do like it like okay yeah, I'll hold on to it because I have some DLC on the way you know. But yeah. that's what the secondhand market exists for, and in a way, it's what GameStop exists for. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, this uh, like I said, I, I really want this to work out, and hopefully, it starts a new trend. I but... gave you your segue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you dropped it. But speaking, but anyways, anyways, no, I, speaking okay. of GameStop, hey, hey, I... <laughs> look, who's man. the host here? Here's the. I didn't say anything because who's the host? Hey, I, look, I I'm watching the time. I'm trying to keep things moving. I'm like, yeah, Rob's so, talking, Rob's talking. So, okay, so we gotta guys, go. <laughs> so guys, speaking of GameStop, Jarrett. No, you talk. You talk no, now. You the, man, you the man, Mikey. I was trying you to go. set you up. <laughs> and you just dropped it again. You know what? Look, I got this hot podcast that needs to go out on a date. And Jarrett, Jarrett's not even in the room. Jarrett just walked out of the room. Just Oh, you were talking to me? I'm sorry. I hate so all anyway, of you. GameStop. Yeah, let's, let's talk about GameStop. <laughs> let's talk about GameStop. And all how right. GameStop, I guess, is trying to ride on PAX's coattails, sort of, but not really. Really. Basically, <sighs> what they're doing is a, a day before, or is it the week before? Two days, two days, two before, days, days before, before PAX, before PAX Prime. Prime. PAX Prime. They are having their own public expo. <laughs> their public expo is not in Seattle where PAX Prime is or anything. Like it is in San Antonio, Texas, in August. In August, (laughs) that's the worst time to be in Texas. And the worst part actually isn't even that it's in August in Texas. It's the fact that that is traditionally and still is actually when GameStop's manager conferences. So basically, what GameStop is trying to do is take its manager conference and turn it into something they can make more money from. Because if you have a Power Up Rewards card and thirty-five dollars, you can get into the expo. Yeah, uh, <laughs> actually, you know, it's kind of funny. It's kind of, I think they're, they're taking, like, the E3 approach to a degree. Because, like, in E3, like, there's stuff that happens. To, to an extent, yeah. Yeah, there's stuff that happens before the actual expo. And I'm pretty sure the man, that's going to be the manager, like, their equivalent of the manager's conference. You know, like, E3 has, like, the dev conferences and workshops and stuff like that before the actual expo. And then they have the expo, which the press, and even if you want to, for like, what, $900, you can get a ticket into E3 at this point. Um, but yeah, so 
the expo part of the manager's conference will now apparently be open to anybody who pays to get in. Because, I mean, you can get a power-up rewards card. Like, I mean, shit, I don't even shop at GameStop. Basically, you'd be paying $50 to get into the conference, more or less. If you don't have one, yeah. Or you can pay $100 VIP so you can get four in-depth sessions with some of the biggest names in gaming, access to VIP-only lines, and interest to the VIP gaming lounge, you know. Except I don't know who they're really going to have there too much, considering everybody's yeah. going to be at PAX. I wonder how devs are going to take this. Because, you know, devs, you know, they, they do go to the manager's conference, but they're really only prepared to talk to managers. And so on of course, top of that, even, yeah. even in that case, though, like, you have devs that are prepared to go there and stuff, but, like... There's not going to be like there's not going to be any indies or anything there. There's going to it's like the manager conference is all like major. here's EA, here's Activision. Yeah, but okay, that's it, guys. Because who cares about anything but Call of Duty, right? Yeah, yeah, but that that should be fine though because the indies are actually sort of making a name for themselves at PAX. That's true. So I they'll guess. all be in Seattle anyway, and they can't afford to fly from San Antonio to Seattle two days. And later. would you even want to go to the GameStop? Like really? Like it's not. What do you what are you gaining out of that as an indie dev? Well, this year, um, well, I mean, this year I was gonna, for people who wanted to go to PAX Prime and now they can't because it's sold out. It's true. They may go to the GameStop one, but dude, San Antonio in in August, bro. It's fucking terrible. Yo, oh, you're I... gonna come out if you're white. You're gonna come out looking like me. It's kind of funny too, <laughs> and this is like something that like unless you were around GameStop, like in the past few years like you wouldn't even necessarily know but the funny thing about this is that the GameStop that the, the manager conference in Las Vegas and they moved it I guess what about three years ago so like they moved it just in time to start making it public and like and like just some boring fucking place where it's hot as hell <laughs> like you can't even be like oh man this isn't really that great I'm gonna go and just hang out in Vegas now you're just stuck there that's it you're just there yeah. GG GameStop GG uh, I guess no, we'll, actually, we'll, I, I just I just want to say I do like this at least as far as if GameStop is trying to expand its revenue base and say, hey, maybe we can make a cons or a, a uh, an expo that's profitable, and so this this way, hopefully, if this is successful and they can do this every year and maybe schedule it better, they won't be so reliant on the used game sales. And, and oh, please, come on, oh, son, come on, no, Nick, I know no. you're an optimist and all, but man, like. I can't even try and be that optimistic. <laughs> I, we all know that dig. this this is yeah, it's gonna and and it's going to expand. I almost guarantee I'm that. But it's only expanding what... just to it's gonna push it's gonna push GameStop stuff down people's throat. It's not even gonna be about the it's not even gonna be about who's at the actual conference. It's gonna be about GameStop. Then it'll fail and it won't matter and the whole thing will die anyway. So No, people will But go. we keep saying that and GameStop's still here. <laughs> <laughs> People will go because it's in Texas. There's not much to do in Texas in August, and that's about it. Yeah, I mean, this year I don't think. Well, I mean, it's their first year, yeah. so I really don't think it's gonna gonna get that much burn, especially being two days before PAX Prime. I you know, pe- people are already going to PAX Prime. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I wonder if Gearbox will be there because they're stationed in te- in Dallas. Probably, you know, they have something major oh, coming yeah. out, so yeah, yeah. absolutely do. Yeah, you know, Borderlands. They'll probably show Borderlands or something, and probably some of the. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, let's wait and see right now, I guess. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're gonna have some more information coming uh, down the pipe very soon. Uh, we just have to wait and see what they 
you know, what exactly, uh, who, who they're going to have there and what activities they have planned. But uh, some information has come out that I don't think Activision or Bungie really wanted to come out. Um, due to the, you know, the legal, you know, hoopla that's been going on but with Activision and EA and, you know, Jason West and all those guys, um, some, some documents have come to light that talked about the Activision, the Bungie Activision deal. Uh, and, I mean, I, I, nothing, like, incriminating or anything like that. Just just something that's very interesting. Yeah, very, very telling. telling. Yeah, yeah, very telling. Like, you know, they, this article on Develop Online has things listed out very nice, so I didn't even, like, write notes on it. I'm just going to kind of, you know, read what it is. Um, but uh, basically, uh, it starts off with, there, there are two games that, Bungie is going to be making for for Activision. Uh, one's code name is Destiny, which is an online centric action game. I can only imagine it's going to be a first or third person shooter. Uh, then there's another game called, well, code name Comet, which is supposed to be a standalone expansion for the Destiny series. So I guess it's going to be like you know an offshoot story of the primary story. Right, um, Destiny. To to clarify, isn't just supposed to. There's not just two games that they're doing. It's, us, like Destiny is supposed to be a series. It's a series, yeah. yeah. So I'm the well, Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it's a series. Um, but there's actually eight games they're gonna be making over an eight year period. So they're gonna be dropping a game every year. Which I mean, I don't know how large Bungie's team actually is. I don't know if they're large enough to have one team on, let's say, Destiny 1, another team on Comet 1, and then another team on Destiny 2 at the same time. That's crazy. I don't think know. Considering, the way they, like... Huh? What did you say, Nick? I was going to say, the way the contract is worded, that's what their plan is, so they have to they have to be able to do that. Well, no, they can do it with crunch. I'm just saying, like, I don't know, if, to, to do it effectively and not affect the quality. You know well, what yeah, I'm but there's so, but you're going to get to some more or less quality-based uh, bonuses that almost sort of imply, like, if they're going to do it, they're going to have to do it right, and I think they'd have to have teams and, and that sort of assignment. Isn't even, even one of the, the later um, one of yeah. the later sort of uh, contingencies, doesn't it require, like, a certain team percentage working on different stuff? Um, we'll get down know. to that. I'm not exactly sure. I have, to, I have to get down there, though. Yeah, and there's one thing that really grinds my gears that gets later on down. <laughs> All right, but uh, yeah, the contract, like I said, it's 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 a twenty year contract. Um, the first Destiny and Comet games are supposed to come out only three sixty, um, but I think all sequels after that are going to be slated for three. Yeah, three actually it doesn't mention PS three. Yes, it does. I'm sorry, it does mention PS three here. So current gen, at least two, at least two of those games will come out current gen, and the rest of the games are, sl- are slated for the next gen. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. In ownership, it looks like um, Bungie will have exclusive rights to uh, rights and ownership of the Destiny IP, which I guess is. You want to get that? Is that your mom? No. No. Okay. The Midnight he's a, Channel. He's got a case the, to solve, man. He's got a case to solve for some. <laughs> the Midnight Channel's on tonight. Sorry, yeah. I forgot. That was my warning. <laughs> yeah, but um. <laughs> I thought that was actually kind of odd, but maybe because, you know, Bungie's a power player, technically speaking. I mean, they did make Halo and Marathon, but they're mostly known for Halo. So, mm-hmm. you know, they had they had some negotiating power. Um, 
you know, when it came to, to Activision, because we all know Activision loves owning that IP. Um, so there's a bonus if the game's uh, project remains on budget and comes out on time. They get, like, what is this, like a $7.5 million bonus, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, also, there is a uh, $2.5 million bonus if they get a Metacritic score. That kills me so hard. Yeah. That Metacritic has... That has, that's like, that's more than the on, no, it's not, never mind. Uh, but that's still just ridiculous that Metacritic has that much say so that it can like determine like 2.5. We've talked about it before. Unfortunately, corporate, corporate suit people think like they have to have some sort of measurable thing. And rather than doing it themselves, they're like, oh man, Metacritic does it for us. So Metacritic is, that's just what they do. Uh, yeah. All right, whatever. But no, um, I, well, go ahead, Nick. No, I was just gonna say I find the way this these these all uh, these little uh, I guess what the give and take you call it in the article is listed. It almost reads like a bunch of achievements. Like maybe I've been playing a little too, too much Diablo three, but like it's like <laughs> oh, all of these are like God. you know like you know like you got a ninety in Metacritic. You you unlocked the two hundred and fifty or the twenty five the two point five million dollar Metacritic bonus. Like here's a banner. No, go, exactly. Go exactly. Here's a banner. <laughs> <laughs> you unlocked the 2.5 million uh, banner. Yeah. You got a new nice. Mm. Let's see what else. Diablo yeah, yeah. joke. We got Diablo it. Diablo joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got it. I'm also gonna say anything about it. I had to edit the Diablo review. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. You did. Forgot about that. All right. So there's looks like there's there's two sales bonuses. Um, they they get a 25 million dollar bonus if Activision makes 750 million dollars and associated operated income during the a 12 month period. So 25 million for that. That's called the sales king bonus. There's another one right after it called the sales master bonus. Okay, this is starting to sound like achievements. <laughs> yes, yes. If, opera, if the income hits 1 billion. Okay, okay so there's 50, 50, 50 million dollars in bonuses if they can get 1 billion dollars in sales. Oh, Damn. Um, there is a uh, opening royalty rate, which says Bungie is due twenty percent of Activision's annual operating income related to Destiny and common business. If Activision said income is anything up to was that a hundred million dollars? Yes. So, and winning royalty rate, like, yeah, it does sound like achievements. <laughs> <laughs> which Bungie yeah. takes thirty five percent of said uh, annual. Uh, income if it climbs above $400 million. The smallest single royalty at this end of the scale is $140 million. Uh, so the total maximum budget for Destiny 1 would be $140 million. Uh, and this includes uh, development, marketing costs, all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, the first year Bungie will have rights to publish Destiny projects for itself will be uh, 2022. I'm pretty sure something happens in a Ghost Recon game at that time. <laughs> um, the, uh, uh, so, and Bun- uh, t- uh, 2021... Oh, actually, I'm sorry. Uh, Bungie is banned from developing action shooters other than Destiny, and I'm assuming Comment, uh, until 2018. So they can't make anything else. Okay. They would then have to... Well, and after that... They would have to wait another three years to publish that game. So that means they can't even they can't start working on another shooter until twenty eighteen. 
and the and that means they have three years to make another shooter to release in 2021. Well, if you read the next one, though, this is an interesting one. The marathon. Oh yeah, like a maximum of about five percent of key staff and five percent of all other employees are free to prototype and self-fund a project called Marathon, which appears to be reimagining of a previous Bungie game of the same name, which is interesting that they threw that into the contract. Well, it's probably because maybe they want to redo it and then like or do something like Mar- like what they because Marathon was wasn't that their initial flagship yeah, it was, game it was when they their were first game well flagship is a little bit well, much but it, flagship was their, their, their it was game. like their big you know their first game but it's funny because they always have had a soft spot for it and it does kind of show you that they had a the, the power like not in addition to the other stuff show like the power they had in this agreement that yeah. like there's even the option for something like that because like is there a real demand for that i don't necessarily think so but like well, the fact you, that they could shoehorn that in there yeah. is, is kind of interesting. If you like Halo, I'm pretty well to a degree. You should like Marathon, right? But do those people know about Marathon? Is the real and, the name real wise? Thing. I don't think so. But they know yeah. Bungie, and Bungie should have enough money to sling some advertising for that. You That's know? true. That's true. But uh, basically, um, after uh, Destiny business hits 375 million, uh, Marathon is free to be published. So mm. I guess you know. If they if they can make Destiny hit three hundred and seventy five million, we might get Marathon early. Just if they even push it out, they may just put that in there just in case they want to do it. Uh, let's see. Um, after after seven hundred and fifty million dollars is made in Destiny business, twenty five percent of the studio and twenty five percent of its key members. And I'm when they say key members, I, I think these are people that specifically had to sign like special contracts. So that they would, I think they learned from the Activision or the Infinity Ward thing, where key people were leaving. You know, they probably have key people under specific, very, very specific contracts. But anyway, after the uh, the Destiny business hits seven hundred fifty million, twenty five percent of the studio are free to work on non Activision games. So it it appears that Bungie isn't owned by Activision; they just have a deal, kind of like you know, um, Respawn. A really long term fucking deal. <laughs> yeah, really long term deal. <laughs> Although there is that buyout, but still. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, they they can work on non Activision games. Which actually, I do think there are there's some other stipulations a bit farther down about who they can't work for. Yes. Later on, or it's not who they can't work for. It's uh, I think who can't uh, work on uh, I think uh, like Destiny or Comet related projects. Yeah, uh, Activision's in-house studios can develop conversions of the projects, providing Bungie agrees with the terms. You know, <laughs> so the Activision's guys can get in on the action as long as Bungie agrees. But Valve, Epic, and Gearbox. And not. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's like Gearbox of all people. I'm like, why would well, you... Duke Nukem though. I mean, oh uh, yeah, sweep people who sweep in Dota. I well, <laughs> I'm thinking Dota too, and and Duke Nukem. I can't really think about what Epics really would be though. Like, I can't think of anything they swept in and took that was already established. At some uh, point, they probably maybe don't want to bunch up with them because think of like the combination of Epic and Bungie. I mean, that's true with Gears, I mean, Gears and Halo being like the biggest games ever on 360, more or less. Yeah, Call I mean, we s- I guess so. Yeah, I mean, fanboys' saw- heads would explode. Yeah, they would. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we saw what Epic could do with People Can Fly. Could you imagine what Epic could do if partnered with Bungie? True, true. Yeah. 
Okay. It's just funny that they don't list EA specifically though out of that. Which is it's just interesting. They're, they're like they're a non-threat. Right. <laughs> like cuz they probably don't even want to worry about it really cuz I mean, come on, think about it. I mean, they got COD. They're probably really not concerned about EA. Yeah. Well, if they were they wouldn't have this lawsuit thing going on. But yeah. Anyway. <laughs> there's, there's, there's actually more here. Um, yeah, there's a Bungie buyout penalty where yep. Bungie merges or uh, if, if it's bought outright, Bungie would need to pay Activision 19.9% of its active acquisition transaction fee. Why did you not just make it 20? It's 20%. Because it's a fucking business deal. If it made just equal, even decent, normal sense, then it wouldn't be a business deal anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Until we, we get to the oddities and stuff at the end. Yeah. That's uh, there's odd. There's just weird shit they do in business deals. So, you know, yeah. I don't. I don't know like how much interest anyone had in buying Bungie. I think what Microsoft has really over been only the the only rumored real like suitor. I think. But that like you know basically twenty percent of the buyout has to go to Activision. That seems like a major disincentive for anyone to be interested in purchasing them going forward, at least for the length of this deal. Hmm. Well, also there, there is a, uh, they can get out of that penalty deal or say at least, uh, reduce it. Uh, they can reduce the penalty fee to 14.9% or 9.9%, but they would need to achieve the two $25 million sales bonuses to, to get that. Yeah, but they, they have to achieve them and then not take them. Yeah, so whatever that, yeah. the so reward they is, they don't get fifty that. million dollars. But the interesting thing about that is that, and I would love to actually find out what the actual number is. Um, but those sales king bonuses, like to put it in perspective, I, at least from like say like the initial launch, like like if you go like through Christmas, like through that that quarter, like Call of Duty doesn't even produce that much money. Like at least not straight up. Like it 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 hits those revenues, but. And oper and operating income is different. So, like, you'd you'd have to do better than Call of Duty has done, like on its best day. Well, well yeah, but that's you're, you're saying Christmas, whereas that is over a twelve month period. So they do have a little I, more. I, time. I, I know but, they get they get more time, but it's still pretty because yeah. most of I mean most of what Call of Duty sells is in that period too. Even when it does, yeah. it, it does keep selling. It probably hits those yeah. numbers eventually, but that that just puts it in perspective, like how much they really have to like make in order for that to even be a possibility i wonder what the whole i wonder what the big number is like the the actual acquisition number is supposed to be then yeah yeah it's like i'm mad because they only they won 19 percent but 19 percent of what right because i'm like and, and to reduce it to 14.4 percent or whatever like for that to like even be like a an, an equitable arrangement means that like that acquisition number is retarded yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely retarded yeah like numbers that don't even have meaning to us <laughs> you know but it almost makes you wonder for all of this for all for all for all of this i guess you know for this whole contract and all the specifications it has why didn't they just buy them outright it, it does seem very binding Maybe because Bungie, maybe Bungie they wanted to buy Bungie and Bungie was like, no, nah, let's just make a deal, because dude. Let's just I, make a deal. I would think that Mac, Microsoft wanted to buy them at one point. They probably said no. Like, yeah. even, even as lucrative they may have made it, they, they probably just want to be separate. They probably see what happens. Could you imagine what would happen if, like, Activision bought Bungie, they put out this Destiny game, it did well, but not as well as they would like to have done, and they, they disassemble Bungie and just keep the parts they want? 
Look, it happened to Bizarre. Exactly. Blur I, I didn't think that they're do... savvy enough to recognize it. Blur didn't bad. never go oh, poorly. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, Blizzard. Only from Blizzard. Yeah, like Only Blur, from Blizzard, yeah. Blur didn't do bad, but still, like it didn't do as well as projected or as well as they wanted to. Uh, but still, there is more. Um, yeah, but, yeah <laughs> actually, more. the key staff stipulation that I was talking about, like certain certain employees had to sign sign uh, long term contracts with Bungie that that Activision um, actually had to approve of, and if they uh, they'll lose the equity in the studio if they leave before Destiny Project Number Two. Mm. So, and that can be a lot. Like, if you have equity or stocks in the company, that like that's traded around or that's tossed around as like you know benefits for employment in a lot of these places, especially for for you know higher ups. You know, like I, think, I make think Mark Zuckerberg getting money from Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. Like you know, you you like okay, well, I get paid this much, but I also have this much stock in the company. I'll get dividends. Blah blah blah. Um, and also, um, in terms of if 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 people leave, like if you have a mass exodus, like Infinity Ward did, uh, if thirty three percent of the staff leaves, uh, the desk uh, that project, um, they'll legally be entered into critical risk. That that again is within a twelve month period because it's it seems a little bit excessive to lock thirty three like a cap of thirty percent of the staff down for ten years, but at least they can't have like significant turnover in a short period of time, basically. Yeah, and uh, a, a small section of, of the Bungie staff have identified as key key members. You know, key two have signed no compete clauses, which you know it just means they can't join a rival company during the spell of the contract. Which uh, it's not too uncommon. I mean, in business, period. But you know, there's no, they have a no compete. Um, the Activision CFO has actually has the final authority to determine if uh, the Bungie product has entered a critical risk, which means it's not meeting uh, you know certain completion or quality milestones, and they have the right to resume control of the Destiny series without Bungie's approval until 2020. See that that concerns me because what are his criteria for the critical risk? It almost seems like. Acton's got sort of like a, a little red button that they can push at any point and just be like, okay, we're, we're shutting you guys down. We're taking over now. That, uh, I don't know, I, I, I guess, I mean, I'm assuming that like Bungie's lawyers vetted all this and we're just getting sort of the, the cliff notes. So I assume that that's defined and understood at some point, but the way it's worded here, I'm I'm a little cautious. Hmm. Well, actually, there's, there's, Activision does have the right to terminate the contract under a couple of uh, stipulations. Uh, one, if Destiny One sales don't reach five million units after six months, uh, after the release of Comment Two, uh, after the release of Comment Two for any reason. So I That's guess after big. Comment Two was like, yeah, we can just <laughs> we can pull out because we don't like you guys. Um, one thing, I th- two things nice. that are interesting. Yeah. If Halo Reach, if Halo Reach didn't reach, uh, didn't get a meta- Metacritic score of eighty percent. So That's interesting. Yeah. So they had this deal tucked away, like I guess. Before well, Halo Reach even well, this, came out, when did Halo Reach come out again? That was that was was that last 2011, year? Twenty eleven, right? Yeah, yeah, twenty eleven. Yeah, um, yeah I, well, I guess they they signed this in April. I think it said right of twenty eleven. No, I thought of this year. Oh, let me let me see when when was this from? And the the fourth thing is if Halo Reach didn't sell six million copies in the first six months. Yeah, this was yeah. signed on April sixteenth. Hmm. Maybe it's an updated version. Or wait, maybe it was April twelfth, depending on how you 
year tens, but but it's yeah, 2012, mid April, right? 2012. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Mm. That's, mm. that's a weird. That's a weird uh, stipulation. Wait, uh, but they released now. December. Now we're down to those oddities that uh, these are good. Uh, Rob <laughs> were mentioning. Um, Valve, Epic, and Gearbox are banned from developing any Destiny or Comet conversions or adapt adaptations. <laughs> Because they, do, like, yeah, <laughs> which we covered already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dota, Duke Nukem. Like, there's yeah. a couple of companies that have a habit, I guess, of jumping in and taking something over or whatever. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, Easter eggs before commercial release of all games and contract. Bungie must uh, must provide Activision with a least a list of Easter eggs it has spliced into the game. Activision, following the certification process, must provide Bungie with the same list. So that, that's pretty serious, like oh, not serious, but um, a little detail. Like, I, you have to approve our Easter eggs. Well, I'm I'm guessing that in case to, there's any no snide like remark a, Easter eggs. Snide remark Halo references. But, 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 I bet I'm like these are these are parts of the game. Although the thing that interests me not is is not so much that they have to like approve like the the Easter eggs that Bungie puts in, but the Activision following certification must provide Bungie with the same list, which means that Activision can put in Easter eggs. Wow. I think it, yeah, like I guess it's just to show Call what of the Duty. list of approval was. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, but the, the fundamentally though, like the whole point of an Easter egg is it's supposed to be hidden. So what's to stop them from just putting in a very well hidden Easter egg and then, oops, well we didn't realize that you know hot coffee was still on the disc kind of thing. Um, if somebody finds it, then I'm sure that then you might be YouTube, between your yeah. critical risk period then, and you wouldn't <laughs> exactly. risk it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, other than that, uh, let's see what else we I got. Like, I like the next one. Read the next one. Oh, oh about the, yeah. Each Bungie employee will receive two Activision games per year. So Why Call of gets? Duty and... Why would you even need the no-compete clause with that kind of incentive? Guys, <laughs> oh guys, this is the best deal ever. Yeah. Two Activision games. Two games? Gee. Dude, ask for three a year in the contract. No, 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 that's too many. We gotta go for two. Oh, oh, that's a good year though. This is a good year. You could get Diablo this year and uh, something else. I don't know. Diablo and Call of Duty. The next year is Heart of the Swarm and Call of Duty. <laughs> and then the year after that. I'm seeing a pattern here. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm the kid on the lines of Diablo and like Prototype 2 or something. Like something I actually would enjoy playing, but I don't know. <laughs> Can I use one of my games as a Call of Duty Elite subscription? Oh, they're like, no, what you, we're running a business here. What do you think is going on? <laughs> you got a little side business now. <laughs> uh, what do you the... think this is? Trying to give away the house. <laughs> also, Are they going to have like auditors like severely review that to make sure nobody's abusing their two free games a year policy oh oh, dude. <laughs> also um a thousand copies uh bungie will receive a thousand copies of destiny uh games after they're released they can keep it they can play it they can share their they can promote it so now when we request review copies i but hey i know you have a thousand of them <laughs> <laughs> you know, i know you got a thousand you should give me one just for knowing that <laughs> thanks <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, also, uh, Bungie has agreed to build a game it believes will fit within the parameters of Teen or Peggy 16 rated. Failure is not a breach of contract. I can see that happening. Yeah, I can see that. That's, yeah. le- that's a legit reason. That's, that's something I can see. Also, bugs must be uh, must be patched, or critical bugs must be patched within 30 days of them being discovered after commercial release. 
And also, uh, if a bug is found 12 months after the release of a game, Activision will not pay for repairs. So there's a chance it might not get fixed. <laughs> if that, that's kind of what that means. Unless, unless it's just good guy Bungie. You know, good guy Bungie fixes bugs, doesn't get paid for it. Yeah, but I mean, shouldn't that be an initiative to get it right anyway? It then... should be. It should be. But I'm kind of worried about the fact that they have they have to push out a game yearly. I just don't. If I I, I feel yeah. more comfortable, and I, it really doesn't matter how I feel about it, but I'd feel more comfortable if I knew how, what size team they were really working with. You know, they might. If they, they were working might. with a large team, I, I'm pretty sure they can just. Um, I'm pretty sure they they can make it happen. How many how many people does 140 million dollars buy? I don't know. It depends how they treat the developers. To be perfectly honest with you, who who knows? But yeah, that's that's the whole thing right there. And I mean, I, I, it's definitely not a contract that you would see a lot of game studios get. But because it's Bungie, because of Halo, you know, like I didn't like I I. I with, with the exception of Halo Reach and Halo, um, God, ODST, I actually enjoy the Halo series. I'm just not a fan of the multiplayer. But, you know, so they, they do make quality games, but I hope this doesn't put them under too much crunch. You know, the time constraint, the time constraint itself. I would I'm, think, though, that somebody like Bungie, especially going into this deal, would know, like, we're not going to sign something that we can't handle. Like, why would you agree to this, especially when some of the conditions are quality... You know, quality stipulated. I, I think they know what they're getting into. They're not. This isn't really their first. I, but then I mean, again, I, I, it's not their first rodeo. I agree. I don't think that they would sign it. But I mean, thirty-eight studios thought that they were making out okay that they would be able to pull their deal off of Rhode Island. <laughs> yeah, but that was that, that. That feels a little more like a snake oil salesman than this does. Bun, I, I mean, Bun, Bungie's much yeah. more established. Thirty-eight was. Kurt Schilling and a, <laughs> and a, and a, and a, sho- a shoebox. That game Schilling was good. Kino's Emerald was good. Well, that's Whatever. the thing. Uh, it it goes beyond like that's the, that's the problem. It goes beyond the game. Like it has more to do with the fact that they paid them to move to Rhode Island. Basically, it's kind of weird. Yeah, that's. I don't think it's Snake Oil Salesman Kurt Schilling. I think it's Snake Oil <laughs> Salesman Rhode Island. But but I mean, there are ways that deals can go badly. Yeah, is more or less what I'm saying. Yeah, but I, I think Bungie is a much. I mean, Bungie has an established track record. I True. think you're, there's, there's less of a gamble when you get into an agreement like this with Bungie than there is in, in in a lot of other companies. Of course, you know Rhode Island only threw out like a couple million. Thirty-eight. You're talking hundreds. Yeah, but so. presu- presumably the Activision <laughs> understands the video game landscape better than Lincoln Chafee. So Sometimes I would hope that I, both so- I think both sides oh, yeah. presumably should know what they're doing in this case. Yeah, but I, yeah. I know Activision is always going to try to have a leg up. That's oh, yeah, of... I think that there's more risk involved for Bungie, but I think that they, they go into it knowing that they can handle even with the risk. There's always a risk, even, anyway. Yeah. So. They're, they're better yeah. off than, I think, Bizarre was getting being a Bungie studio. Oh, you know? yeah, I think that's why Bungie is, has gone from, stayed away from becoming somebody's studio like that, because of the way things like that have gone. But couldn't, yeah. couldn't Activision have said, look, we've pretty much let blizzard do what they want unharmed like we, we could have given you the blizzard same sort of blizzard, blizzard, made, wow. blizzard bought most of the value <laughs> to that deal before call of duty like really took off though yeah but they still but even so they still haven't you know kind of messed with the recipe thus far 
I mean, well, yeah, well, that's because Blizzard is like an 800 pound gorilla. Of money. Like, yeah. why mess that was with the it? Equal share merger. Bungie would not be if they yeah. if that ever happened, if that came to pass with Activision. I mean, just to like you know give you the scope of Blizzard. I mean, just to uh, they Blizzard's did name few... is still in the title. How about that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just <laughs> it's not going to become Activision Bungie Blizzard Studios. Yeah, like um, basically with Blizzard, I mean, they, they did lay some people off, but they had like over 4,000 employees as a part of Blizzard. Nice. That's that's big. You know, Blizzard's, a, Blizz, Blizzard's the fat girl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Blizzard's the fat girl, okay? You know what? That fat no, girl... I don't know what you're saying, Jared. Maybe you should explain it to me. I, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Let's just say, you know... You know. Porncast? No. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the contract, guys. So we'll see what happens. We know there's two we know there's at least two games coming, and we know they're coming back to back to back, so let's let's hope for the best. But uh let's move on because we talked about that for a while. That's definitely took longer than I thought it was going you to. Read, you read the whole contract. That, yeah, I mean, that, I that mean, was a legal negotiation we just went it's through. An interesting, it's an interesting contract though. It, it is, it is. It, it, it really is. It was a fun peek behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. Because we don't, yeah, that's also something you usually don't get to see at all. Like, a lot of the, all those deals stay behind closed doors. Like, I can't remember the last time we saw, like, a, as much detail about a deal between, like, especially something as high caliber as this. Yeah. So like All that was missing was the signatures. Actually, I think they had those in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you, you saw, like, you know, their signature, and you saw Bobby Kodak's, like, bloody handprint. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that! There's a it's a, just a fiery hoof print. Yeah. <laughs> marks on the paper and shit. the yeah. skull. Anyway. Yeah. Guys, I'm too I'm too busy I'm too busy strangling babies. I'm just gonna put my foot on this. Anyways, okay, yeah, away from that. Fun. Let's move on to our uh, final topic for tonight. Uh, came across an article on Bitmob, um, and you know Bitmob typically has pretty pretty good articles, and this one it's the you know, editorial as I say, and this one. Uh, is titled "Moving Games Beyond Fun Will Strengthen the Media," and you know the author starts. He starts off by talking about Max Payne Three and how people talk about Max Payne Three being like a dark, you know, gritty kind of game, but in screenshots, all he sees is a guy in a Hawaiian shirt, you know, flying through the air. Which that is what you do. You do see that, and I guess uh, and for him, I mean, it, you know, it. It stopped him from taking the game seriously. Did you, did you feel it was dark and gritty as you were playing through it? Very. He only wears the Hawaiian shirt for a good thirty minutes, and then it, it gets it gets, ri- it gets ripped Brazil. off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's basically at that point of the game, uh, shit got real. Shit has gotten real <laughs> at that point of the game, <laughs> and he's just trying to blend in because he's now in the slums of uh, Sao Paulo. So, it's a very bright shirt to be blending in with. He 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 wants to you know he wants to like you know blend. Well, that's the kind of shirts that a lot of the people are wearing there. That and wife beaters is what is what I I see. But um, basically at that point, the game is trying to blend in. But yeah, it is a very dark, gritty game. He basically with the article with from what, what I, from what I can gather from the author is that the screenshot that he saw makes him think that the game doesn't take itself seriously when in reality it really does. But for him, he's thinking that, okay, the game's not taking itself seriously because it wants to be fun. 
you know. And then, you know, he starts talking about Dear Esther, which he says, you know, for him, you know, he enjoyed it. Um, and others say, you know, they is it even a game and that they won't? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he asks, is it even a game? And, you know, they kind of want their time back. But he's saying that, you know, we kind of have to move beyond classifying something as a game to, you know, well, sorry, classify as a game by saying that it's fun to play. And this is something I thought would be kind of cool or, you know, interesting to discuss. Because for for me, when I was start thinking, I started thinking about this article, and at first I was like, "Well, no. If you if 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 you take the fun out of the game, it's not a game anymore because games are fun." But then I started thinking, I was like, "Well, have I played games that you know Aren't weren't fun. really fun? You know, they were just enjoyable experiences." And he brings up Heavy Rain, and I started thinking about Heavy Rain, and Heavy Rain definitely is um is not lighthearted. It's not you know like fun in the sense of oh i'm juggling whatever you know fun like clown happy time fun uh so it is <laughs> happy rain <laughs> yeah heavy happy rain yeah so heavy rain's not it's not fun in that aspect it definitely is very a very serious game about finding your son and stuff like that but then i thought about it again because like oh well, maybe he's right maybe games don't need to be fun but i thought about it again i'm like wait a minute I had fun playing the game, like, you know, the actual gameplay elements of getting out of a burning building and doing the QTEs and solving the puzzles. That was fun. So, yes, the game was fun, even though it had serious, you know, content matter. And then I was like, what game, what good game have I played that wasn't fun? You know, because all the games that I thought about that I thought about that weren't fun and were games, they were bad games. Yeah, well... I think you can still play a game. I mean, even a bad game is still a game. It just wasn't fun. I mean, that's not going to make it not a game. You know what I mean? But, like, what? (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) So, he's saying, like, we have to move away from games being fun for them to be games. Well, then, like, if the game isn't fun like i've played bad games they're still games even if they weren't fun i mean well, i think I don't know, I, are they good I don't games? you want to take this first nick you want to swing i'll go ahead i think the issue is really where's the fun coming from because i think it's, he's looking for like some sort of depressing like like hamlet the game or like seven the game like, where like there's just a, a morbid ending and and the whole experience well, he talks about shawshank redemption and he, stuff, does, so. he does he does but see i i I, I I think Shawshank Redemption is actually kind of an optimistic movie. I don't. It, I mean, it has its dark parts going through it, but the end is very upbeat. I think he he wants something that makes you feel. What was it? Like, what did he say? There was the one the one thing that he watched where he, he he went to bed immediately, and it wasn't until like the next day that he realized like I actually enjoyed that incredibly depressing and like soul crushing experience. Like, oh, what Schindler's List? Is that the one that he was talking about? I uh, may not be. Oh, I'm sorry. Cormac, the, Cormac the, road. He, the road. Cormac the road. McCarthy's The Road, yeah. Yes. There was somebody, it was another article. Like, there's been like five articles on Bitmob about this. Um, and one of them talked about Schindler's List the same way, okay. basically. Yeah, he, yeah. And and I, I think, I mean, th- I think there's a, that's a, a valid point that, you know, like, why don't we have games that are effectively just tragedies? But fundamentally, whereas a movie, it's like, you know what, you sit there, you watch it for an hour and a half. And even then, there are bad movies that, I, mean, I think he, there's there, there's really two criteria for fun that I think he, we're 
at a crossroads here. And one is, is we're talking about like actual gameplay. The gameplay needs to be engaging and presumably engaging leads to fun. And then the other aspect is the, the story part of it, which if it's happy, even a happy game isn't necessarily fun. You want an interesting story that should have ups and downs. It shouldn't all be one straight emotional experience throughout. Like, so unless it's Bulletstorm, because that game was a riot. But that, well, was, that was a fun game. game. Yeah, that was a game that was made to be fun and you know be out there. Yeah. Well, that was Bulletstorm's job. That's See, that, that was, was a game clearly... that was fun. That was a game that was fun first, and it, and it was thoughtful, but not. It wasn't upfront. It wasn't upfront thought. Yeah, it wasn't. It was, it it was wasn't fun first. Yeah. I think that part of the problem is the semantics between something being enjoyable and something being fun. Yes. Um, something doesn't. Heavy Rain wasn't fun. Heavy Rain was enjoyable. Yes. I think, at least to me, and those two things. One's not better than the other. I think that fun is something separate. Like I think that something is either enjoyable or it's not. Like it's either good or it's bad. And then fun or depressing or dark or actiony or whatever are 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 different aspects within that. Like to me, at least. I. It, I guess to make it just like a more clear, like clear cut division, because you could say fun, fun can mean almost anything, you yeah. know, like does fun yeah. mean it's funny? Does fun mean it's, it's silly? Does fun just mean that it's like action all the time? You know, yeah. like you, you, you automatically like count certain games out by saying like, well, it's not fun, but like, what do you mean by fun then? Yeah. You know, like I think that's I think that's part of the problem is that we throw it's a word that we throw around kind of like gameplay it's a word that we throw around without really ever quantifying exactly what we mean when we say it and everybody has a different definition of what that means so I I agree with him on a certain extent that like there should be more maybe more variety in games that that you that you can you can have the games like Heavy Rain that are enjoyable but also pretty bleak and and, and kind of depressing but make you think and you know they have something to say as far as a story goes. And then you can have games like Max Payne where you're diving around and you're shooting people and stuff like you're enjoying yourself and it may even like, you know, get to the point of fun. But when you but but it also has an engaging story and things of that nature, too. Like it's not a zero sum game like there's there should be both. Yeah. Like if everything was just enjoyable, but not you didn't you never had fun games, then it'd be kind of shit like you wouldn't have you know or your tetris and things like that like those games are like just fun you know yeah and then there's also games that are soul crushingly difficult that are like why would you play this like dark souls that don't aren't fun or maybe even enjoyable <laughs> so <laughs> it, it begs the question of why anybody will play them whole different discussion that goes into the whole that goes into the whole definition of what fun is because for True. me like a game of dark souls or like sign mara that's extremely difficult the fun of the game is Isn't overcoming exactly. those difficulties. Yes. So, so and for and a lot of people, that's not. Did, Most did, people wouldn't consider it to be enjoyable or fun. Didn't you say like Sign Mora had sort of a, a, a dark story at points? I uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> rape. Yeah. Dad, children killing their dads. All that stuff. Oh, it was a real. Fun. It was a real. It was a real love sounds fest. Sounds fun to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, so not only is the story dark, but the gameplay is hard as hell. So yeah, yeah at, at points, you know. But that's the thing. Like, that's Rob is absolutely right. It's it's really about your definition of fun. That's why I don't define games personally by how fun, like, a game as something that's fun. I mean, in this case, I tried to find a game that I liked or I like, thought it was a good game that wasn't fun, but I really couldn't. 
come across I it. I don't think you, I don't think you can. I think just because because you're having fun, you're going to define it as a good game. I don't right. think you're, I, I, although have fun with a bad game. Although like, I, there's exceptions though. Like when I played Risen Two, um, I thought the game was fun in terms of like what was going on in the game. Like like the, I guess you know this is where the, the whole terminology comes in. But did I always find it enjoyable? No. Like it wasn't necessarily always a good game. It had a lot of problems, but there were things that were fun about it, like the whole pirate motif and stuff like that. Like it, it's all all the stuff we've already really said. But it's I I found it fun, but not necessarily enjoyable all the time. Gotcha. So it's just different ways of all saying kind of the same thing or different things a lot (laughs) in some ways. I understand what he's saying about like advancing, making games more than just, you know, one buzzword like fun or something along those lines. But I don't think that it should preclude games from being fun too, you know, and 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 trying to make everything, you know, at uh, Ulysses or something like that. It sounds like he wants a game that is just heart wrenching. (laughs) <laughs> he's always like he wants which a game to make fine. him sad yeah which is fine you know, but like to totally extract the fun out of the game which I think we've already established this is I guess a, a personal definition that's not really something you'll want I think if you tr- if you truly try to extract fun out of a game then you it's kind of not a game you know but it's what I don't, you, see, it's I, don't I don't know I mean like I can't really think of any examples. Like my closest example probably would have been Max Payne, like maybe like the first or so. But even that, it's not. You're not like because I, I could imagine a game. You could still enjoy a game no matter if, even though it makes you think, even though you're even though terrible things happen. Because I mean, you're in control. So like if you had like a game like Max Payne, and say you played pri- like prior to his family being killed or something like that, and you're basically just dragging this character through hell and and all this terrible stuff is happening to him, and you get to keep playing because they still make it enjoyable. Like fun doesn't necessarily enter into the equation, but it's enjoyable for other reasons other than just the you know it's still and it still is a game. But you know, you know? what the thing is though, not you, not, I just thought about it. I just bring it up. Like when, when you're talking about you know Max's trials and tribulations and him you dragging this guy through hell, that's a, that's a story thing. So right. like the, the story of a character, the story of a game can be very dark it's, it's, and dreary, and right. that's one thing. But the fun portion of the game actually comes from the actual when you're actually What you're actually doing. Yeah, yeah that's what that's I mean. Like, that, that's why I said like it doesn't really – I was going to say that, but it doesn't really fit because when it, the way that it actually turns out in really all the games is that it's a revenge story. And it's gratifying to get revenge for all the shitty stuff that has happened to him, even if you know you're putting him through more in the process. Like you still get that. that I can't think of the word right now. Gratification. Yes, <laughs> the catharsis. The catharsis from from doing it. Yeah. So. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, like, but that's. I think uh, if you have a game, I mean, you can have a game with a dreary story and a, a deep, dreary, sad story, and that's one thing. I have nothing. But against you have that. to enjoy or have fun playing. Actually. Like with the actual yeah, gameplay mechanics, yeah, if you have dreary, dark, you know, depressing gameplay. <laughs> then that's what we define as a bad game. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, exactly. So, yeah, I mean... <sighs> so, we seen there's like... We're, we're calling out there's a difference between fun and experience, basically. I think so. Like, yes. The overall experience, you know. Because I'm pretty sure we've all played games that had good stories and shitty gameplay. Like, I've had games like that pull me through because of the story, so but the gameplay had... itself was shitty. So you had a good experience with the story, but the gameplay wasn't that fun. 
Exactly. Right. And then if you, but if if you have to take that as a whole, like really the gameplay is the part that you play. Having a story be good enough to drag you through it doesn't make it a good game. Then exactly. So, yeah, like, I could see where that would come. Yeah. Yeah. Like actually, I think the the, the uh, that game that specifically that I'm thinking of is um. Not freedom, freedom fighters. It was like a game for the PS2 and PC where Russia, um, oh, yeah, the it was like home front before home front. Exactly, like basically, yeah. And the gameplay itself was extremely repetitive, mm-hmm. you know, and that like very loose, not loose, but you know, very simple mechanics. Yeah. And I mean, that wasn't why I played the game. I I wanted to see what happened. You know, yeah. I've I've had the reverse experience happen as well. Like you just don't give a crap about the story, but you just want to play through the game because oh yeah, we've I like the you. gameplay. Mm-hmm. Like I like I use Mirror's Edge for my example because that story was absolute blah. But I wanted to run through the city and jump off buildings. But yeah, that's uh, yeah. So it's definitely a, a good a good question. Um, why don't you guys, if you you listen, let us know what you think. What do you think? You know, a game could be a game without actually being fun. You know, so let us know, and you know, we'll if you do comment, we'll talk about it a little bit about it next week on the Mashcast, because um, there will be a Mashcast next week. I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God. He sounded real serious about that too. I swear to God, God there will be a Mashcast. So I don't care if I have to drag myself through it by myself. So be a mash cast. We, so you'll get dragged through hell. hell. You'll get dragged through hell, but you will have fun for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, if we all die, don't worry, there will still be a mash cast. Yeah, I promise. <laughs> I'll, I'll, you'll be sleeping and you'll see my ghost above your bed like, hey, this is Jared from the mash cast. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> we might not be able to record the mash cast, but you can be damn sure we'll avenge it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. Mock, drop the mic. Drop the mic. I'm done. <laughs> drop the mic. <laughs> I got to throw in an Avengers reference. We're good. Uh, Are we going to assemble then next week? Yeah, we're going to assemble. Okay, guys, enough with the jokes. Let's talk about what's coming out next week. Um, do we so, even have a list ready? Do you actually have the I list? I do. I have it. Shazam, Ooh, right now. Whoa. I got it Ooh. up. Prepared. Yeah. That totally makes up for me dropping the ball earlier. But okay. Does it? Oh. Yeah, it does. Uh, it, I, I say so. it does because that's a pretty big thing that for him to have the game list ready. Thank you very much. Thank you. So, um, actually, <laughs> next week I, I would call the the week of re-releases <laughs> uh, because uh, game of the year edition for Batman Arkham City is coming out, uh, which actually Joel did a editorial on that called Incomplete Edition on our site. You might want to check it out. Uh, you know, because actually I don't think the game of the year edition is cheaper, is it? Like this game of the year edition, I think is like. It's still sixty, but it is, comes with all the DLC. Is that forty? Is it forty? I don't know. I have to go. Back I'm sorry. Wait, we're sure. talking about Batman, right? Yeah, Batman. Yeah, yeah 60. Arkham. It's still 60? sixty, but it comes with all the DLC. So technically speaking, it's cheaper. Uh, yeah. Technically, yeah. Yeah, yeah considering like just to do Robin, Nightwing, or both seven bucks a piece. Uh, who knows where Joker's Revenge? I think well, that's supposed to be twenty. So yeah, yeah. Oh, Har- Harley Quinn's Revenge. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Harley Quinn. So Sorry. technically speaking, I'm getting penalized because I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna get it because I want you know to play it. Looks pretty interesting. But I'm technically speaking getting penalized because I didn't wait for this game of the year edition. <laughs> but uh, Max Payne Three is being released for PC, which um, yeah, Rockstar sent me a copy on Xbox, and I'm still going to buy it for PC because when I played it on PC, as as good as it looks on Xbox, it looks much better on PC, and I can't wait to play through it again. 
Cool. I can't I really can't. Uh, Resistance Burning Skies is coming out for the Vita. Uh, Mad Riders. Never really. Yeah. PS, PSN, Xbox Live Marketplace, PC. Meh. Mm. Golden Axe! Xbox Live Marketplace. <laughs> like the original Golden Axe? Or... <laughs> Sony, uh, sorry, Sega Vintage Collection Golden Axe. Nice. Oh I'll be chopping some fools down, man. Nice. Yeah, yeah, so. I want that's... my gauntlet. Give me old school gauntlet. Anyways. <laughs> but yeah, that is, uh, that's what's coming out. Um, but yeah, that's gonna that's gonna wrap us up here. Uh, you can check us out on SoundCloud, which you might be listening to right now, but it's soundcloud.com slash smash those buttons. We're also on iTunes. Uh, so if you listen weekly, just subscribe to iTunes. Stitcher Smart Radio for your iOS and Android devices. Uh, we are on twitter.com slash MTB site and facebook.com slash smash those buttons. Also, youtube.com slash smash those buttons. We've been a bit more active than normal. Just had an interview with uh, Chips Challenge uh, over the over the weekend. Uh, also, we had a little interview before that. So, yeah, just check us out in all those places. And, uh, yeah, I guess we will we'll catch you guys next week. So, see you. Cheers. Sayonara.